0: Hey all, welcome to the Defiant Spirit Podcast. I'm Bar Halevi B. Thanks for tuning in. Um, I have been away on vacation, so missed a week. If you were just expecting a podcast to drop and you were waiting by your um, podcast platform and it didn't come through, I deeply, deeply apologize. And we will make up for it right now as we resume the conversation. Enneagram for man. Enneagram four, the individualist, is on my mind after having just spent a week with not one but two Enneagram fours. My wife Ariella, many of you know, is an Enneagram four, and my son Aviv is also an Enneagram four. There are different subtypes, and we're not going to get into that today, but nonetheless, very similar. And um, yeah, so let's get into it. Just briefly, the Enneagram. is built on, well, let me pull up a picture for those of you watching. And if not, you've seen the picture before, if you've seen the Enneagram. Um, but it's built on this image here. And obviously nine numbers, Ennea means nine, and one, two, three, four, et cetera, going clockwise around the circle. So a few weeks ago, it began with one, and now we're just marching through two, three, and now we're on four. And my goal is to have at least one overview Enneagram podcast to refer people back to so that you can refer to all of them to learn about the fundamentals. Um, and then also, in addition, I am recording different podcasts with various partners, one of which is Michael Finer. If you have listened, you've heard Michael and I do podcasts on the financial side of the Enneagram type. So we're creating a system called Wealth360. And that just sees the issues of money, finance, and investing through the lens of each type. Michael's very progressive in his um, approach to working with clients. And so we've started partnering. We've been good friends for 20 years, but we just started partnering um, about a year ago on, can we help him better understand his client base and serve them um, the way they want to be served, not the way he necessarily wants to serve them as an Enneagram 3. And that's where we're using the Enneagram. So if you want more of that, you can listen to our past, podcast, or you can listen to this one, Enneagram 4, the individualists in my base program, but the alternative investor in the Wealth360 program. Okay. If you are watching this on YouTube, you can see some of the slides. This is from my program, Defy Your Number. And it is available, though it is not yet automated. So if you want to engage it, you're just going to have to email me at Baruch at B-A-R-U-C-H at dot MySoulCentered.org, my and we'll get you going on it. Soon it will be automated and you can just push a button. But if you want to learn more, just jump over to DefiantSpirit.org. Okay. Enneagram for the individualist. In other systems, it may be called, you may have heard of it referred to as the romantic, the creative, the artist, doesn't matter what you call these things. Different systems call them by different names, but the numbers are universal. And it's not arbitrary. I'm not going to go into why the four is this particular personality type, um, but I whole, I'll do a whole podcast on you know why, especially four, because, well, I guess I will do just one brief moment. It's back to the slide. If you look at the Enneagram or any Enneagram picture, it's the bottom of the slide four and five. You know a little basic math: four plus five equals nine. So it's the inverse of the nine at the top. You have four and five at the bottom. Whereas nine is the lightest, easy, most easygoing of all the enneagram types. Four and five are the the darkest, the most complex, the most sophisticated of all the types. Four being an emotional sophistication, and five being an intellectual sophistication. So. Just sets the tone for our good friend, the four, the individualist, um, because it is a complex Enneagram type. Let me just share with you some names, if you're not looking at the slide, to give you a flavor of Enneagram fours. Um, Lady Gaga, Johnny Depp, I'm just going to share with you a few of them. George Michael, John Lennon, um, Joan Baez, Cher, these are some sophisticated, dark, brooding types. These are the artists, Jackson Pollock, I mean, James Dean, the list goes on and on. They're actors, actresses, they're musicians, they're artists. Of course, fours don't have to be an art, but I would argue that four approaches everything they do almost like art. My son Aviv, artist per se, is a dancer, So, but his dancing is his artwork. Ariella no formal visual arts or dancing art, but um, her healing practice, she treats it more like an art form. Four is, I think, my second highest number, and I do have that kind of artistic piece. Anybody looking? If there's an aesthetic quality you know, to my office that I just kind of need. There's this need to be special, right? I don't have an ordinary backdrop. Fours just have this uniqueness, this creativity, Um, This authenticity, that is a huge word for fours. They just can ooze sort of authenticity, emotion. Let's get into that because I think that is the defining word of the Enneagram for is emotion. So if you look at the Enneagram, there's many triads. One of the triads is called the centers of intelligence and there's gut, there's head and there's heart. Well, needless to say, Enneagram 4 is in the heart triad. That means that they really default to emotion or feeling as their primary way of navigating the world. So we have all these in us, thinking, of course, and action or instinct or body, of course, but feeling, of course. Well, Enneagram 4s are the quintessential feeling type. It is, dominates their way of being in the world. And so um, this can come out, I'm just kind of jumping around on slides here, but this can come out as, you know, on the high side is empathy. Fours have this deep capacity to know emotion, to tap into emotion, to read emotion, to feel other people's emotions. And on the low side, it can be sort of overwhelming i don't have a picture on here but suffering fours can suffer more than any other type so um again each enneagram type has a high side or i call it the responsive side from victor frankl's work responsibility response ability the ability to respond to our circumstances and when fours are responding when they're responsive they are just intuitives. They're empathic. They navigate the world so articulate from an emotional perspective. So my son Aviv, who's 11 years old, is my youngest child, my youngest of four, and yet, I hope my other kids aren't listening, he's the most emotionally sophisticated and savvy. His older brother and sisters, you know, can hold their own, but it's a superpower for Aviv. He talks to adults in ways that many adults don't talk to each other around emotions, around relationships. That's a big one. Fours are all about relationships. Heart types in general, fours in particular. And so, um, where is that slide here? So heart types and relationships, you can read here if you're looking online, but they're all about the human connection. Now can be connecting with themselves because unlike twos, the helper, fours really direct a lot of that inwards. So fours have a deep relationship with themselves. Fours, um, you know, to be an artist, you have to be in touch with that deeper level and to be able to you know, go into it, to be comfortable with all that's happening beneath the surface. And so fours are very comfortable with a relationship with themselves. They're probably one of the most likely types to need their own space, to need their own refueling time. They can become exhausted being in crowds. Not that they can't be extroverts, although I think by and large they tend towards introverts. Sliding scale. So, you know, you have one extreme and you have another. And I would say fours tend towards sort of a moderate extrovert to extreme introvert. Um, And when they're with other people, you know, they deal their currency is emotion. So it can take its toll on them. I see when Aviv comes home from school, he's just depleted. He needs me time. He needs to go fill up. So he'll go down to the basement where he has a little dance studio and he'll just flip the, you know, the volume, the, the whatever the phone on and he'll start playing and crank up the volume and dance. And he comes out the other side of it reconnected. Um, but I just see that with him and Ariella that they have an exceptional need for filling back up, I think, because they do go so deep in their relationships. So they're relationship-oriented. They have a deep capacity to go into themselves to be in touch with that emotion. Um, looking here at some of the fundamentals. Core's ideal self is that they want to be authentic, original, one of a kind. It's so important to afford to feel like they're original. They may not know this, they may not articulate it, but it's the way they live their lives. They really don't want to feel like there's a another version of them out there of course no human being wants that but for fours it's a primal drive a primal need to feel special it's how they have learned to navigate a world where they've felt reduced they feel less than special and so it's just a defense mechanism we all have one but for fours it really is if they're not careful it can become a curse because no matter how special they feel, if they're not doing the work, if they're reactive and not responsive, it's never um, special enough. So they go out into the world with a worldview of something's missing. They're always on the hunt for that missing piece. I'm thinking of a Shel Silverstein book called the Missing Piece, I think it was, or the big O in The Missing Piece, or that was a follow-up. It was a very simple story, as all Shell Silversteins are, with many, many layers of complexity. But it was just about a piece of a circle that was looking for its the rest of the circle. And, you know, um, always looking for that magical connection. And that's a four's plight, if they're reactive, if they're unconscious that they'll spend their lives looking outside of themselves for that magic pill. Unfortunately, many times it is a magic pill. Many fours have lost themselves to narcotics. Lots of four artists have just gone down the path of um, no return around drugs, around all kinds of self-destructive behavior. I I got a slide here, I know I do, on some um extreme examples, but you have Kirk Cobain, Sid Vicious, Jim Morrison, Prince, Naomi Judd, Judy Garland, Billy Holiday, Amy Winehouse, Jimi Hendrix, Michael Jackson. Um, um I mentioned his name before, Jackson Pollock. I mean, not all fours are gonna go down this dark path. Not all fours are hell-bent on self-destruction, but many of those who have gone down the path have tragically been fours. So They're always looking for that. Now, they can transcend that emptiness when they stop looking outside of themselves and they go inside of themselves. And inside of themselves, they stop looking for um, depth of emotion and they become grateful, have gratitude towards what they have, towards taking stock in their life outside of themselves, of all that is right, of all that is in their possession. It's never perfect. And for a four and for a one, there's always this quest for perfection for different ways. But for fours, um, their life starts to change when they look at what they have, not what they don't have. And when they get past themselves, ones are one of the types that are most it's called what I what I call, I think some others call it, self-referencing. It doesn't mean they're selfish, although self-referencing types have to stand guard against this. They navigate the world with, you know, how does it impact them? They see themselves first. That can be a great thing. Enneagram twos are other referencing. And although that can be a good thing, you know, if you spend your life looking at what other people need and trying to satisfy their needs... You're going to make a lot of friends and you're going to have a lot of influence, but you may neglect your own needs. Fours tend towards orienting themselves towards what they need, getting their needs met. The challenge can become, it's a black hole. It's a never-ending pit of tending to ourselves, focusing on ourselves, getting our needs met. And so the work of a four is what my teacher, who I think was a four, Viktor Frankl, talks about is the highest level of human development so Frankel was a contemporary of Abraham Maslow and they had multiple um discourse interchanges maybe debates if you will and of course um Maslow a famous psychologist known for many things not the least of which is Maslow's hierarchy of needs you know that pyramid and basic needs emotional needs etc Frankel challenged Maslow and said, I don't believe that the highest level is self-actualization, becoming the best version of yourself, according to Maslow's hierarchy. Now, to Maslow's credit, I think towards later later part of his life, he agreed with Frankel, I think he said so in open debate, that it shouldn't be the highest level. There's one step beyond that. And that's what Frankel called self-transcendence. And although this is true for all Enneagram types, it is particularly true for the self-referencing types of four, of, um, of who else is self-referencing? Five is self-referencing. Eight is usually self-referencing, can go both ways. And so the self-referencing types, seven, need to go beyond themselves. I see this with my son, who's a one, who... Um, One is both referencing, but can very much be self-referencing. When he starts going inwards, there's an implosion that happens, not an explosion, an implosion, too much me time, too much self-focus. And so one of the ways I help him is to help him find ways to go beyond himself, to serve another, to help somebody else. This is especially true for a four. When they can transcend themselves, and go to that two space, That's is why they have a line. I'm not going to flip slides, but there's a line between four and two for this reason. That's a self-transcendence pathway for a four to look more like a two. Now, the reverse is true for a two, the helper. They need to be more self-referencing and look like a four. So they need to go from two to four. But fours really can never go wrong when they transcend themselves, um, get past that self-focus and give to others. And then lastly, I'm not going to go too much deeper here into the world of the four or else it's a rabbit hole. I mean, it may not come up for air. Fours need to get out of the emotional side of the Enneagram and get into the other aspects. So again, two, three, and four defaults to heart or feeling. Fours need to make this jump over here to five thinking or to go to the opposite side of the Enneagram to the um, action or instinct. So fours can really look healthy when they stop emoting or they stop taking their emotions as truth. It doesn't mean fours, um, what they're experiencing feeling isn't true to them. It is true, but it's just not a capital T true. It's a lowercase T truth. So what do I mean? If they're feeling something, that's their feeling. And the last thing you want to do with a four, trust me on this one, is tell them they're wrong for feeling it. As my wife has told me and taught me, and I'm still working on it, it's not easy for an Enneagram 8, the challenger, your feelings are never wrong. They're only wrong if what you mean by that is factual, but that's not the realm of emotion. And if you're feeling it, it's what you're feeling. By definition, it can't be wrong. Now. It doesn't mean it's capital T true. So there are many examples. When my son of you comes home from school and he has interpreted the experience as a slight against him when following up with his teachers or the culprits, it had nothing to do with him. He misread the room. He internalized um, emotions and feelings that really weren't his At the time, they were true, but they weren't ultimately true. And the work of a four is to get out of the currency or at least deal less in the currency of emotion and get more into the other aspects of who we are, action, taking action. You know, there comes a point when you just got to act and you can't wait for all the emotion to work itself out. Tony Robbins has a saying that emotion is created by motion. And so motion is a pathway of tikkun, as we say in Kabbalah, of um, rectification or repair for a four. And thinking, let me show you something interesting. If you look at the Enneagram lines, if you're not, that's fine. I'll explain it to you. There's only one gulf kind of major gap in the Enneagram. And that's at the bottom of the Enneagram between four and five. Because nine, right, is the top of it. It's this kind of perfect union. And then the bottom of the Enneagram is this huge division four plus five equals nine. So we need both of them as a whole. But to get from four to five is a gap. It's the largest gap because the journey from four to five or five to four, from heart to head or from head to heart, is the biggest journey on the Enneagram. It's the hardest journey in life. To make the journey from head, I'm pointing to my head, to heart may only be like, you know, eight inches, but it's a huge transformation. It's a paradigm shift. And for the fours, they know this. For the fives, they know this. They live in these extremes, one in head, one in heart. We all have four. We all have five within us. We all have emotion. We all have um, thought. And really bridging that gulf can be the work of a lifetime. So the four is, is at the bottom of the Enneagram? It's one of the deepest, most complex places on the Enneagram. Let me just end with this. they They really have this core fear of not being special, of not being worthy. That is a tough, tough plot in life to have to, you know, ho to navigate it is um it's dangerous now this is why they're such great artists because there is that danger there is that dark there is that depth and this is also also why they have to stand guard they have to do the work they have to have good support systems they have to you know go to therapy they have to um really stand guard against getting lost in that darkness but the darkness isn't something to be gotten rid of. You never get rid of it. You just learn how to master it. So you don't end up like these darker figures who I mentioned, who you're looking at, so that you can come out of that place of the darkness, but not abandon it, but harness it to take the darkness and create something beautiful out of it. So this is really the the core work of a um, of a, of an enneagram four called the core calling, is and I said revelation in you know in the, my program, but at it its deepest sense to reveal the beautiful aspects of the darkness, to reveal what the mystics the kabbalists call sparks. Any of you read my book, you know spark seekers, coming from a kabbalistic idea that our mission in life is to go into life's darkness to find those sparks of light, of possibility, of purpose, of potential to take hold of them and they're painful, but to hold them, to carry them out of the darkness as a source of light for ourselves, for those around us, and for those who come, you know, follow in our footsteps. That's an artist at the deepest level. That's a four in the truest sense, whether or not they fashion clay into pottery or, you know, dance on the dance floor or have a paintbrush in hand, they're all artists. And they remind us that life is the canvas, and that the paint is the darkness that life will bring to us, and that we can create work, works of beauty out of that art. In fact, that is really the only place the great art is ever created. So thank you to our fours. Thank you for the incredible mission you have in life. And they all resonate with this idea of mission, purpose, meaning. They are the meaning seekers, the purpose-driven life. Um, and they remind us all of what is possible, like my teacher, Victor Frankel, who went into the depths of the darkness and came out to share the the heights of beautiful bright light. Thank you to fours. Listen to the podcast on Enneagram fours and how that translates into finances, investing. Um, maybe I'll do a podcast with Ariella. In fact, I will. Maybe I'll even do one with Aviv and, you know, interview a real life because they are special. So with that, jump over to defiantspirit.org. Check out all the podcasts on whatever platform you're you're streaming on. Share this with a friend. If you want to do the assessment, not the BS assessment, the real one, right? That's definitive and worth every penny you pay for it. Reach out to me, get you the Enneagram assessment. I'll get you just the Defy Your Number program and we'll get going as you learn how to defy your number and live your spirit until the next time. I'm Baruch. Thank you for tuning in. Defy your number. Thank you for listening to the Defiant Spirit podcast with me, your host, Dr. Baruch Halevi. The Defiant Spirit is an offering of Soul Center, to Center for Spirituality, Meaning, and Healing. And if you'd like to learn more about the Defiant Spirit or Soul Center, get more inspirational content, access to a variety of online programs, or see how we might work together to discover deeper meaning in your life, greater purpose for your life live the defiant spirit power within your life. Visit defiantspirit.org. Until then, keep living your defiant spirit.